happened when I was running a valet company in Seattle. And it was it's one it's something that I didn't even think of at the time, but it's come back more times in the form of the story. Uh, running the valet company, and it was pouring rain. Massage therapy is used by millions of people who want to feel better and live better. Get back to doing what you love. Visit AYAMassageCDA.com to schedule your appointment. Abandon your aches massage. Relief. Relax. Refresh. If there is one thing consistent in business, it's that virtually all businesses think customer service is what separates them from their competition. Like the word branding, however, the words customer service also has a different meaning to different people. In the past, people chose which companies they did business with based on price or the product or service offered. But today, the overall experience is often the driver. Is your business catering to the customer experience? On this episode of The Business Buffet, Ed and I will talk through and walk through some very important things to consider implementing before you start telling people your customer service is second to none. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Hey, Ed. How's hey, it going? Good, Phil. How about yourself? Doing great. Gosh, welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet. Uh, how's life treating you right now? You know, I feel like one of my briskets. <laughs> really? I'm smoky and hot. You know, it is smoky out there. It's very, it's, very smoky out there. It's not as bad as it's been like in earlier in the week. I don't even notice anymore outside. But And the temps have been a little high. And you know what? It's humid. It is humid. That's what I mean. Yeah. I feel like a brisket. Oh, there you go. And I feel All like right. one of my briskets in the smoker. So I'm not going to ask the tastiness question. We're just going to leave it Yeah, at that. Leave, leave it alone. Leave this is North Idaho. Careful. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> don't want to get our butts kicked. No, no, don't go there. That's right. Exactly. Did I ever tell you that I, I, I did a Facebook contest when I bought my electric car? No. I posted a, a posting, a contest on my Facebook wall. I have this electric car. It's tiny. It's super it's, tiny. It's, it's almost like a matchbox. It's like, a, it's like a, a smart car frame, but it's just a little bit bigger. It's a Think City. The car's not even made anymore. The manufacturer oh, wow. went under. That'll be good with for parts later. But I, you know, I got it from Portland, Oregon. I have a, a buddy who sells cars. He called me and says, "Hey, I got you. Want an electric car still?" I said, "I love it." So I, I got the electric car, and I, I told everybody, you know, I got it because I'm lazy. I don't want to stop and pump gas. <laughs> I want to pull in the garage, plug in, and know that my car is charged, ready to go next time I want to use it. How did that work out last it, week? Well, <laughs> that's another story. Let's stay with the contest. So I, I said, you know what? I, I shipped this car to northern Idaho. And, you know, we're kind of a red state. I don't know if you knew that. We're kind Seems, of conservative here. Yeah. 
And, and I, uh, the contest was, you know, what do I need to put on my car or accessorize my car with to not get my butt kicked? <laughs> and, well, the, the two best choices were uh, a gun rack and a drill baby drill bumper sticker. A so. drill baby drill. Drill baby drill. So there's... <laughs> and which one did you go with? I, you know, I love, I love them both. I, I haven't... Well, the gun rack doesn't fit. I mean, the rack does. The gun doesn't. Oh, um, there you go. You know, I... <laughs> that so. would be kind of funny, though, watching this little electric car go down with a big old gun rack on the back window. So, some of the other ones were like a little wind-up thing on the roof, <laughs> you know, that spun as I as I moved. So That, that one would have been a good one. That, that sure. would have been good. I'm sure it would have got my butt kicked, though. Well, I'm telling you, going... So, as, as we're published today, this episode, we're right in the middle of our social media conference. How's that going? Well, I'm going to say it's going great because I have a lot of optimism. Good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of work, an overwhelming amount of work. And uh, it'll be nice once, uh, once this thing ends and I collapse. So it started today or? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yep. And it's a four-day conference. It ends yep. on Sunday. It, no, so yesterday is Monday because we record on Friday and this drops on Tuesday. So today as people are listening, is actually Tuesday, oh, except on Facebook. That's right. Which is Friday. So You know, that even messes you up. Well, so, but it totally got me. You're right. <laughs> okay. So that's yesterday right. it'd be Monday. Yeah. And it goes till Thursday. That's right. Because today is actually Friday when we're actually recording this. Right. But today as the listeners listening, but the listeners, Tuesday. it's Tuesday. So if anyone is not confused right now, we're yes. not doing this right. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Well, good. Good. You know, the conference, you've been working on this conference now for three years. Yep. You've been, this is kind of your baby. You've been developing it, uh, growing the audience. How's, how's signups? It, it, they're, they're, they're going pretty well. Of course, the last week they're bumping up a lot more, so that's good. But it's interesting. Every year, uh, Shelly says, yeah, this is too much work. We're not doing it. And then every year people come and say, no, 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 you have to do it. It's the best conference in the world. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we'll do it. And so I said, you know, before we do this thing, we have to have next year's dates down so people can pre-buy uh and we can pre-sell and and she said nope not gonna do it i i don't know if i want to do this again and i don't want to give money back yeah <laughs> so here we are again same sort of thing so well, i don't it know it is a ton of work it whether so you're doing work. a conference for a thousand or ten it's all I, same same amount of work yeah. it, i have a client in oregon uh i actually went down to their office a couple of months ago to help set up a virtual classroom they're a, a nursing school. Okay. And teaching them how to implement a virtual classroom environment, buy, bought all the hardware, set it up, configured, and then brought in eight instructors to teach them how to do this. This has been an ordeal. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's just a ton of work. It is a ton of New work. learning curves, and then uh, just it's a, just a different animal. So all the things we did in the la first two years in person – those you kind of have to set aside. It's a whole new animal. Uh, so this is virtual. And so all of the work really has been done on the front end. And next week, in theory, we shouldn't have to do a whole bunch except for do the live Q&A after each and every uh, presentation. And you have like 35 speakers? We're at 31, I think, right now. We're still waiting speakers. for one or two. Yeah, so we're wow. going to be between 31 and 33. Wow, that's a lot it is. of coordination. Yep. And we almost have them all recorded. This weekend, I'll be putting the final touches. Of course, this is last weekend. We don't want to get into that. No, no, no. Again. We just did that. Because I'm, I'm getting a headache right now. We did that. Today, we're going to talk about customer service. 
And I really think customer service uh, is something that gets lost. It's a, it's a lost art. And so I wanted to revisit this. We, the very first episode of the business buffet was customer service or lip service. Actually, it's the, our most listened to episode. Right. And so we're going to try to mimic that a little bit, but it needs to change. That was a year ago. Customer service in its essence doesn't change, but things evolve. But does it? But does it? Well, according to Wikipedia, customer service is the provision of service to customers before, during, and after a purchase. And the dictionary says it's the assistance and advice provided by a company to those people who buy or use its product or service. Two very sterile definitions. Well, it is from Wikipedia and the dictionary. Yeah, that, but that's, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to get that out there, and they're very sterile. Because it is going to mean different things to different businesses. But what is the Ed Bejarana definition? Oh, you almost of, mispronounced my name. I'll do it again. That's bad. What is the service. Ed Bejarana? I don't Am I here to serve you? Probably am. <laughs> what is the Ed? Don't gonna, give me that opening. Yeah. <laughs> I've already talked about soft cans. So, okay. What is the Ed Bejarana definition of great customer service? Set the bar low and overachieve every time. So that there's something really interesting about that too. Now, do you mean that? I do. Okay, yeah, I do. Look, it. People will wonder, well, why set it low? And, and I don't think you mean low like to the ground, but you set the expectation a little lower, and it's a easier to reach. B, it's you can overreach it, and the perception is you went over and above, right? You're kind of there. You're okay. almost there, but no, it's. By defining exactly what the customer service is going to entail and then overachieving that. So I, you know, I set the bar low. Yeah. I when I set the expectations with my customers, this is what I'm gonna do A, B, C, and D. Knowing full well that I'm gonna throw in yeah. E, F, and G. Right, exactly. But I'm only dic- I'm only spelling out A, B, C, and D because that's what I want them to notice the first and what they're really going to recognize is what I do over and above. So it's a strategy. Oh, for sure. No, but uh, I think a lot of businesses, they, they set it so high. And when you do that, you, now you, you have to meet it. Right. And not everything is perfect. And so when you don't meet it, now you're having to apologize. You have to make up for things. There's no, I'm sorry in business. That gets you much longevity in the marketplace. No. And I think we all understand that businesses are going to make mistakes, and that's another episode. But you're going to make mistakes. What do you do about that? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about setting a culture of providing your customers with great service, great products, and the above. Well, and it depends on your business. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the landscape company that I used to have that I fired. Yeah. And initially, they provided good customer service. They overpromised, and they were delivering initially. And then over time, they started to wane on the delivery. They started to under-deliver based on what they had promised. Had they promised less, and in the beginning was over-delivering, okay, no problem. I, they're just going above and beyond. They're, they're doing a little right. bit extra up right. front. But all I'm measuring them on is what they set the expectation on. And, uh, but eventually, they just kept getting worse and worse. And before long, 
you know, I'm timing them. They're here like four minutes right. mowing the front and back lawn, and they're they're racing out of here as fast as they can. I mean, they, some NASCAR cars can't even <laughs> do a pit stop that fast. Right, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I fired them. Their customer service had fallen below the point of the expectation. And what I choose to do is I set the expectation to the norm that I can deliver day in and day out, year in and year out. And that's the key. Some businesses, you're a one-time serve or maybe once a year serve. Right. So set your expectations based on the delivery, also the demand. How many people are going to be demanding that service simultaneously? If you don't take it all into effect, you're going to overpromise, and then you can't deliver and you're going to go out of business. In my business, I measure my customer um, factor on the lifetime value. And I don't lose customers very often at all. In fact, we moved here four years ago. It's going to be four years exactly in four days. Wow. And Happy anniversary. The only customers that I've lost were ones that I was kind of happy to get rid of. Three out of 30 customers. And, you know, not that I, I wished they were gone, but I wasn't providing them the necessary service. They had either matured beyond me or they were now no longer needing me. Right. And, uh, you know, to me, if I'm not providing that detailed level of expertise, I, I don't want to be on the dole because all they're going to remember is the last performance rating that you did. So I measure it on lifetime value, and I have customers that stick around for a very long time. And they do that because I don't overpromise. Well, you mentioned the scaling aspect of it, and we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about that in the second half of this episode. But assuming that doing business at a fundamental level requires a transaction of some sort, does every business have to at least be good at customer service? Without a doubt. You have to be good with at least human relationships, what again now what is the definition of customer service for a plumber right no i i get that but the reason i asked this question is i asked this on facebook a couple of years ago is there any, is there any entity that doesn't have to at least think about being good at customer service and someone Ye said yes yeah the federal government well that and most engineers engineers yeah, most engineers who don't interact inter interact with people, they don't interface with human beings. They're they're sitting there on a computer, they're crunching numbers, they're designing something. They need to be able to deliver on their promise. Well, the but is that customer service? Yeah, I mean that's like a given, right? Well, <laughs> that's the, a given. You have to say, and, yeah, and, we'll give you your plan. See, now design. I teased the Facebook Live group with. Yeah. Phil and I are going to disagree on something, <laughs> and we've reached that disagreement before the halfway point here. Yes. So the, the point is, is not all customer service has to do with product or service delivery. Okay. Expand on that. So the idea, let me, let me use the engineer as an example. An engineer needs to have human skills, but they don't necessarily, depending upon their job, have to be good customer service providers. They just need to be good engineers. And in some cases, I would argue the engineer who spends too much time on people skills is missing the boat. Is taken away from their engineering expertise. Okay, 
but we're talking about an engineer that works for a company or has his own engineering, his or her engineering it firm, right? Could be either or. Yeah, because if you have your own business, now you do fall in line with having to be able to provide a decent customer service or you will lose to those in your competition that do it better than you. Well, I, I think you're confusing it. You have to be to be able to deliver the product or service at a superior level. That doesn't mean you've got good customer service. So for me, my business, I, I build websites. I, I um, optimize websites. I help people convert more visitors from their websites to customers. Part of my customer service is interfacing with my client, understanding their business, understanding their target customer, and being able to pull from my customer that information that is important for me to understand how best to create the product or service that we're going to use to draw new people to them. So the interaction and the, the psychology behind the interaction with my customer is part of the gig, and that would be classified as customer service. But... If I just narrow this down to the creating of the graphic that is going to then be used to bring customers to the website, all I really have to be doing is creating great graphics that accomplish the mission. That isn't necessarily customer service. That's excellence in skill. And I want to make sure that we differentiate these two here mm -hmm. because sure. I think it's important. I used the plumber as an example because you know, I, I don't really care if the plumber speaks English well so much as he can fix the toilet when it's broken. But you do expect the plumber to be able to convey and communicate with you. Well, so I, and I get uh, you. Yeah. So the, let's drill, drill down. That's what needs to be done is the toilet needs to be fixed. Right. First but, and foremost. But what I'm doing is I'm discerning that customer service is the interaction with humans. Right. Delivery of products or service is the expertise that we use in our business. And they're not necessarily one in the, one in the same. No, not necessarily. And you can uh, enhance that service. Generally, the product is something that you want. That's a quality issue, not really customer service. But the, you can enhance that service by really good customer service, right? You can. Okay. Yeah. So you're right. It doesn't have to be one and the same. But here's here's the problem. If you are not delivering, at least at some level, decent customer service, you're apt to lose customers, much like your landscape company, right? They lost you as a customer. Correct. Okay. So, and it's often said that it's cheaper to keep existing customers than to find new ones. In fact, it's even been estimated that acquiring customers cost six to seven times more than just keeping them. Okay. In the past, people chose which companies they did business with based on price or the product or service offered. But today, the overall experience is often the driver. Ed, Salesforce reports that 89% of companies now expect to compete mostly on the basis of customer experience. And it's true. The U.S. Small Business Administration reports that 68% of customers leave because they are upset with the treatment they've received. With those little nuggets, it would seem like customer service is critical to competing effectively, which we kind of have both known forever. Now, there are companies that have set the bar very high. 
they actually walk the walk or walk the talk or talk the walk. Talk, you know, no, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Walk the walk. Yeah. And, uh, and they have separated themselves. For instance, Trader Joe's. Hate them. Really? I do. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're all the way in Spokane. <laughs> no, I've been to many trade. They, they were in Portland as well. I just, I didn't like the store. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't like them. They're overpriced. I think their selection is poor. And honestly, the people were rude. <laughs> so you've had a bad customer experience. I've had a very at, bad customer at Trader experience Joe's. at Trader Joe's. And yet, I know most people that love Trader Joe's. Yeah, we're probably never going to get them as a sponsor. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Look, th- we're not going to, we are not candy coating things here. No. Okay? We're not going to do that. Wouldn't be right. Wouldn't be prudent. Um, let me throw this one out then because you may or may not know about Zappos. I'm a big Zappos fan. What is Zappos? Zappos is an online well, shoe store. Okay. Tony, oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I know Tony, who they Tony are. Shea. I've never bought from that. them, but I know who they are. No, and honestly, I have never bought from them either. But I, I have followed their journey, and it's really good. You know, we Shelly and I did a tour at Zappos. They're mm-hmm. down in the Vegas area. And completely open concept in fact tony the ceo and founder of of zappos his desk is right in the middle with everybody else's they have two doors in the whole place human resource and uh oh a life coach sure okay they have those in, are the intel two is intel is the same the ceo is in a cubicle just like everybody else yep okay so they serve their employees first and their culture is Whatever on uh, they get a call, you're gonna you're gonna deal with that call much like the Nordstrom way in a sense. We're gonna just make it right. They had, I mean, there's two stories about this. One, they one of their call uh, call center people. Thank you. I can thank. Uh, took a call eight hours. Someone just needed to talk. And that is that good for the bottom line. Mm. I mean. Probably not, right? Well, again, now when your product is the interaction with human beings, right. customer service is essential, and that's an investment in the customer service. You know, they they had a, a, a like a little event where many of the associates of the higher upper management at Zappos kind of went out and went had some drinks and everything. And a lot of them flew in from different parts of the world. And so they were staying at a hotel. And so it was two in the morning and they were hungry and there was no pizza available and they wanted pizza. That's a crime. It is a crime. And Tony said this, this is what he said, call Zappos. He said, you guys sell shoes. What do you know about pizza? Eh? Just give one, give us a call and, and tell me what you say. You're looking for pizza. And they called, the person on the other side, he, they didn't tell him that your boss is sitting right next to us, said, look, uh, I'll call this place right now. What room are you in? I'll have the pizza sent up the right, right away. That's awesome. It is. You know what? You don't expect that. And that's sometimes kind of the uh, over and above the expectation. And, and That should be an that. undercover boss episode right there. It really should. That's yeah. such a great show, though, isn't it? Gosh. Ritz-Carlton is one that's... Really renowned. Oh, they're for, world renowned yeah. for their customer service and human interactions. Yep. Uh, how about JetBlue was setting, they were setting their bar very high. They're going to change the travel. Well, and, you know, here's an interesting example. Again, mm-hmm. it would go back to what I said up front. If you set the bar too high, right, 
then you're going to be measured upon that maintaining bar. that right. bar. You set that bar a little bit lower, you know, uh, JetBlue is kind of waning because well, they can't continue to deliver that service. They've, they've had years, especially with the, um, the fuel shortage, when the, the fuel costs for airlines were climbing, right. and now they started charging nickel and diming for luggage. JetBlue held out as long as they could, but eventually they gave in. Yeah. And that was a major promise of theirs. Right. And, you know, once you break a promise, no matter how important it is to break that promise, you're kind of hosed. Yeah. Yeah. No fooling. Uh, they have the customer bill of rights is what they call it. Yeah, they were the first one to roll out the customer bill of rights. And that was a Bill O'Reilly issue because of, a, of an episode. I forget which airlines it was. If uh, some of you out there on Facebook remember that, put that in the comments. Which yeah. airline made their people sit on the plane for like 8 or 12 hours? Because it, it was a national oh, uh, I think scene. it was United. Yeah, it was some one of the big airlines. And I then, think it was, United has missed on so many uh, things recently. I think that that was one of them. Yeah, we'll have to double check. Please do uh, write that in the comments. Uh, CVS, which I don't think we have a CVS around here. They're mostly on the East Coast, it seems like. Yeah. CVS, aren't they owned by, owned by Walgreens? They very well could be. Don't I don't know, know that for sure. I don't know. But for over 30 years, CVS has also run a service that has everything to do with helping people and nothing to do with its role as a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. They've got the CVS Good Samaritan van, and, and they've, they serve stranded customers with car troubles. The cost for the customer? Just filling out a comment card. Wow. I, I mean, these are things that obviously you have to incorporate this into your business plan. I left Nordstrom for last. Uh, Nordstrom has always been kind of a beacon for me in terms of customer service. But I'll tell you what, they have a, in their handbook, they have rule number one, use best judgment in all situations. This is for their employees, right? And there will be no additional rules. Now, it's not necessarily true anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have a 7,000 word handbook. They had to shut down so many stores. Nordstrom's is really struggling. Yep. Um, COVID, I think, is the final nail in the coffin. Oh, we'll see about the final nail. But, um, you know, they they started shutting stores down three, four years ago. So on the East Coast, they thought they could implement their model, which works real well on the West Coast. Not so good on, not so well on the East Coast. It's kind of interesting knowing your uh, customers and what they expect. There's a subline there, right? That's right. So we're going to go to a break real quick, and uh, when we come back, we're going to continue this customer service conversation. Now is a good time to mention our episode sponsor, F1 for Help. Founded in 2000, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair and maintenance for almost 20 years. At F1 for Help. We offer a variety of services in-house and on-site, ranging from estimates to our popular general maintenance program and reloading your operating system as a part of a wipe and reload. If you want to take the cost out of IT, we recommend signing up for the F1 for Help Manages Services. If you have any questions, please give F1 for Help a call at 208-687-0183, F1 for Help. We clean windows, but we aren't janitors. Ed, what does customer service really mean? That's what we're talking about today. And I'll tell you what. You know, actually, let me interrupt you. Yeah, interrupt me. Before we dive too much deeper here, this is going to kind of sound cheap and planted, but it's not. This is real. 
you know, we just came out of a sponsor break with F1 for Help. Yep. Joe, Joe epitomizes what it means for customer service. I've referred Joe out to so many people that I it it's so easy now. Somebody mm. calls me and says, "Hey, I I need somebody to help me with my computer." You call Joe. Yeah, I've almost got his number memorized. <laughs> I just it. I just referred Joe to a, a friend last week, and I I just every time I do, I get reports back. Thank you for connecting me with Joe. Joe is awesome. He came to my house. He we had a printer problem. He installed a driver. There was a problem with the printer. He took the printer away. He fixed it. He brought it back to my house. He didn't charge me for the delivery. Joe was amazing. This is what epitomizes excellent customer service. The guy is really, he goes above and beyond. And yet, kind of like I talk about, he sets the bar low. You, mm-hmm. you talk to Joe and it, it, you know, he's a real down to earth kind of guy. Yeah. You don't look at him and say, oh, there's a Silicon Valley nerd. No. You don't look at him and, and the last thing you would say, if you saw a picture of Joe and you were said, what career is this guy in? The last <laughs> one you would say computer tech. is computer tech. <laughs> but he is an extraordinary computer tech. He's been doing it for 30-some years. The guy really knows his business. So and when he opens his mouth, you you you're in, immediately know the first thing uh, glance is not correct right you know yeah i mean it's like okay well this guy really knows what he's talking about i just i wanted to insert that because it's a great example for today's topic customer service means that you deliver based on the human need you know and it and it doesn't just mean you have to be amazing too right it also has to be consistently deliverable and here's the key it has to scale I mean, if you are going to promise a certain level of customer service and you're growing, now you have to scale that as well. It has to be incorporated into it. it truly has to be a part of the company culture. Ed, can you give us an example, please, of a situation you're particularly proud of where you gave outstanding customer service? You know, I when I saw this on the show notes, yeah. I... You know, there's dozens and dozens of situations, but I'm going to one that you're particularly proud of. I'm, yeah. I'm going to share one that actually happened today. Over the last two months, I've been noticing a trend on this one particular client's website. Traffic is all of a sudden spiked. Mm. It's going up and the organic search results are increasing. And You know, it's, I don't measure success based on website visits, but I obviously measure website visits. And the customer and I have been talking about this. Well, today, as I was compiling the monthly report for August, it had jumped another 900 users Wow! in a single month period. What's the percentage on that? I mean, it was, it was a quarter of their traffic. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. They, wow. they had increased traffic by a quarter in users. And I'm looking at that, and, you know, the natural response would be to say, EAT, well, I scored, I did it. I'm awesome. You know, they're going to keep me on forever and ever and ever. Amen. You dug a little bit, didn't you? I dug a lot because, to me, that number wasn't right. Just it seemed unrealistic to you. When I looked at the number last month, I said, you know, the the traffic is increasing at a rate. I'm I'm not ready to jump for joy yet. To me... Phone calls and appointments are what matter. That's the measurement of success. I always say, I'll get them to your phone, 
I, I can't close a deal. Yeah, it's up to you. That's on you. Yeah. So the idea with this, as I was looking into it, it's like, okay, this is a big, big jump. Uh, you know, an additional 900 users, you know, over 1,400 additional visits. Um, there's something wrong. So I started looking at what was the content that's being visited. And it happened to be this one video that had gotten, it went from like 400 visits last month to over 1,400 visits this month. The bounce rate was like 96%. What that means is they landed on the site and they left immediately. That seems a little suspicious right off the bat, doesn't it? But the average time on that page, that specific page, the month before was over four minutes. Last month was over six and a half minutes. I said, this isn't right. Same page? Same page. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Okay. This isn't right. This is fake traffic. Interesting. So I wrote the email off to the customer and I said, so let's not get too excited about the website visits because it's not real traffic. And here's where it's coming from. I don't think it's bot traffic. I, I think this is just some hacker or somebody just nailing a page. It might be, honestly, somebody's just got that page open all day long. That's why our average time on the page is so high. So when you say bot traffic, it's B-O-T and not B-O-U-G-H-T, correct? Purchased traffic. Oh, it is bot, B-O-U-G-H-T. No, I don't believe that it's purchased traffic. Okay, but if that's per- what you were talking about. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Purchased traffic would have a different profile. I've seen a lot of those, but this one doesn't fit that profile. So in my email and report to the client, Yes, our traffic increased to the website. It's not real traffic. Let's not get excited about that number. Let's continue to focus on phone calls and appointments. That's what I mean by delivering excellent service. I could have very easily said, yay team, we've increased traffic by 100% over the last two months and and asked for a raise. Yeah. Honesty is so important because what you would have been doing when you said, yep, we're great is setting yourself up for um, the month after. And how do you explain that drop? Well, exactly. What happens when all of a sudden now the traffic just bottoms out right now, the client's saying what, well, wait a minute, where did it all go? So honesty is critical, just as you said. So I had a, uh, something happened when I was running a valet company in Seattle and it was, it's one, it's something that I didn't even think of at the time, but it's come back more times in the form of the story, uh, running the valet company and it was pouring rain and we, we would have a couple cars left, you know, when it's time to leave, we could go in and drop the keys to a couple people and say, you guys stay as long as you want. We're going to go ahead and take off here. Are your keys, the cars out in front, they would pay for the valet or tip or whatever they're going to do and be done. Right. And so uh, I, we had a couple cars, and I would go to the tables, and this one table said, yeah, we did valet, uh, but up at the triple door, which was like three and a half blocks away. And they had, you know, taken a cab down to the Metropolitan Grill to have a glass of wine or dinner, whatever they did. Triple door is a music venue. So I said, well, I can go get your car. And they said, what, we parked with the other valets. That's all right. We'll give the claim ticket. I'll go do it. It was pouring rain. So we arranged it where I would, I ran up there, gave the valets the ticket and brought the car down. There were two cars, Ed. I had to do this twice. So you did the trip twice. I did the trip twice. That's why you don't have any hair. Well, 
I didn't. I, I may have worn a hat that night. <laughs> Seattle rain is very cold. Well, that is excellent customer service. Yeah, and they and they were blown away. And the guy gave me twenty bucks. I'm like, you know, it wasn't about that. It was about why would I make you guys go up there while you're having a nice dinner and a drink? Let me do it. That's what we do. And so again, wasn't expected. But it's the delivery, right? Right. So some of the things that you can do <clears throat> to kind of up your customer service game. And so can I just, I need to preface this right here. We're going to give you some ideas and tips. And these are kind of the foundation, the fundamental things. But you can't predict each and every, like I couldn't predict those people would be in there and I would do that. That was a spur of the moment thing. I thought, what a way to wow them. That was my whole goal is to wow people. Well, and I think what you're touching on is customer service is an attitude. It is. It absolutely is. It's a paradigm, an attitude. It's a culture. It's ingrained yeah, in you what either, you do. Yeah, you either do it right organically just because that's who you are. That's right. Or you don't. So one of the things is you want to make sure all of your employees buy into your definition of customer service. Because if you are setting a bar a certain uh, certain height and you have employees are like, well, that's stupid, you're off on the wrong foot right off. And what? that goes through the hiring process, what you just basically mentioned. It, it You have to know it's ingrained in someone to do the right thing. Well, and, you know, that, that goes back like to Ritz. Ritz-Carlson, they have... A, uh, a detailed outline, I, guess, I think it's only one page, mm -hmm. about w what customer service entails. And, and I don't remember the CEO's name. He was interviewed by Dr. Kiyosawa, uh, rich man, poor man. Um, uh, uh, that is uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Excuse me, Robert, Robert Kiyosaki. He was, it was on a podcast. Can't remember the CEO's name. Anyway, he was interviewed, and he talked about that. We hire people, and we teach them how to be excellent stewards of the hotel industry. Uh, could that have been Herb Hummler? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky if I remember my name. I was going days. through and trying to give you, my partner on the business, book, yeah. a great service by looking his name you up. Did. You did. He pulled it right up there on the screen. I Facebook, did. you could almost see it. But <laughs> I don't Yeah. But the idea there is they ingrain the culture of customer service. So, so you hire it that way, right? But you're, you have to also set the example. If you're going to expect your employees to do certain things a certain way, you have to do that too. So you have to lead by example. Must set that example. Absolutely. If you suck at customer service, your employees are going to be worse. How about <clears throat> put yourself in your customer's shoes? Mm. Especially, you know, you walk a mile because then if they're mad, <laughs> you got your shoes and they're you're a mile away. I think that was a joke. I'm not sure I didn't get it. <laughs> Uh, talk to your customers, get feedback, listen, act. We kind of went through that. Well, a bit. and I, I actually, I take this one step further when I'm, when I'm talking about a campaign with a client, I want to focus group it. And when, a, when we do a focus group, what, what the intent is, is to get the customer to see the product in a unobserved manner through the eyes of their customer. Otherwise, I mean, if you sit there and you stand over the shoulder of your customer and right. watch them interact with the product. Uh, then you're, you're poisoning the water. The idea is to observe your customer 
partaking of your product and or service and get an honest feel for how they react when they right. see your stuff. Yeah, that's uh, very, very important. How about anticipate your customers' needs? Absolutely. I mean, if you really want one thing that you can do that would raise your game of customer service is an correctly anticipate your customer's needs. My God, you are a hero if you can do that. Well, and this is not to pat myself on the back. Okay, I will. Go ahead, pat it. Maybe you should pat it. I bit. did. Thank you. I threw my arm out. Um, this is the reason why my business is successful. I anticipate what my customers are going to need. And then I, I do the business rollout long in advance of when they actually need it. And I just sit there and wait. And as soon as they need it, boom, it's ready to go. Right. And it doesn't impact my other customers because it wasn't a last-minute addition. Right, right. Uh, and I would also say, because I'm a social media guy, make sure you monitor social media and respond. I, to me, this is a no-brainer. It's uh, customer service 101. If you're going to have a presence on a social media platform, make sure that you monitor it and respond. Well, and boy, <laughs> we should do a whole episode. Oh, we should. On social media. <laughs> that would be fun. You We're going to do one on pro sports too, right? Right, absolutely. No, the idea of social media, especially right now, um, my goodness, everything is related around the, the election. Yeah, seemingly, yep. And it, it's, it's sometimes kind of scary to see your brand next to just a horrible message or maybe a building burning or, or somebody being shot. I mean, but then you have people that are upset at one social media site and say, hey, everybody come join Parler or TikTok or yada, right. yada, yada. Right. Don't overcommit to social media. What I mean by that is, you know, don't try to sign up for all. Only sign up for the ones that you can actually keep up with. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is uh, <clears throat> something that's not in our notes, but it's something that Shelly and I say over and over and over because we get this question all the time. Where should my company be? Where should we have a presence on which social media platforms? Should we be on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and Pinterest and, like you said, TikTok? And, well, if that's where you're clients are that's where your eyeballs are yes but they probably aren't on every one so pick one or two at the most three and good get good at it we say pick one or two and get good at it and when you're ready add another one but make sure it's the right platform right that's funny i i always thought i heard you guys say where's the corkscrew well we do say that about 5 30 when it's wine time don't you have a podcast on fridays about wine hey it Yes, Wine Time Fridays. Wine Time Fridays. It, yeah, that's guess why, when that, it publishes. That's, I, I guess that's why I always hear, where's the corkscrew? <laughs> hey, we have a virtual tasting tonight, but I digress. So excellent customer service involves meeting and surpassing expectations. It means showing the customer how important he or she is to you and the business by interacting with he or she in a friendly, helpful, and positive way. Customer service is critical to competing effectively. Exceptional customer service is the unconditional commitment to giving the highest level of product or service to every person, regardless of the circumstances. Respect the fact that customers actually pay your salaries and make your profits for you. Customer service means going above and beyond to keep the customer happy, whether that means answering any questions they have or resolving issues with a positive attitude. And when you make customer service a part of your culture, like Ed and I talked about, 
the, the, the DNA, the paradigm, the culture, you will be creating loyal, returning customers, and the money will follow. Ed, anything to add to that? You know, after a statement like that, you know, that wow. was perfect. You got an after-dinner drink first. I do. Did you like, did I, you like that? I like that. Okay. Like that. Instead of the quote of the day, that's stupid. After-dinner drink. <laughs> that's after-dinner awesome. dinner drink because the corkscrew is out. And by the way, Ed, you and I both take business very seriously, right? I do. But we both have a sense of humor, too. So today's after-dinner drink is this. Comedy is simply a funny way of being serious. Peter Ustinov. Well, that is a great way to finish it. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And remember to eat hearty in business. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Well, give F1 for help a call at 208-687-0183 or visit us on the web at www.f1forhelp.net. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.